What if I told you about a secret club? A club that boasts such musical luminaries as Hendrix, Morrison, and Winehouse. A club so filled with talent, it's staggering. What if I told you you could join this club for one simple fee? Well, provided you're not too old. It's the 27th Club. It's Pseudophiles. Actually, it's not my fault. I don't know why I have to. I feel like I have to move my head like that when I listen to this. A little Stevie Wonder. Uh-huh. I just want to eat barbecue. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Robert Johnson. Yeah, well, like I was saying outside, I'm not sure if that was worth a soul, but it's still pretty good. <laughs> At the time, it was, Torrance. Yeah. I don't think you understand. <laughs> it's good. That's all right. But it's good to know that that's you know, the quality of something that you're going to get if you make a deal with a devil. It's sort of like a, a Yelp review. Like, you get to see what was happening when uh-huh. people trade their soul to the devil and... Uh-huh. Might not be worth it. Trade your soul to somebody else. <laughs> Shop around is what I'm Shop saying. <laughs> so you give the devil a one star review off of that? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. I don't know who else to sell it to. Is there anyone else that takes souls I as currency? I don't uh, think the soul business was that competitive back <laughs> that's then. True. I mean, oh, that's, that's true. That's true. What's the yeah, uh, it's what's, changed a bit these days? What's the USD to soul trans? <laughs> Transaction rate right now that nowadays. <laughs> Words are hard, guys. Considering Words inflation, I have to say one soul is worth about three hundred thousand dollars. Back then, it was mostly just down. the devil. Now we've he, got yeah, some. He kind of had a monopoly back then. Mm-hmm. He did. Now we've got you know businesses that mm-hmm. are in the game. In the now. government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's devil's competing with corporations. Yeah. yeah. No. It's hard. You get out a lot there, more man. for your soul. Sympathy for the devil. I'm telling you. You gotta look at those. You know, user terms, and agreement, whatever. You gotta read through it all. We've all already sold our soul. <laughs> yeah. If that's the case, <laughs> it's long gone. Everybody just hits "I agree" on that yep. shit and moves on. <laughs> exactly. What if there was some like tiny, tiny print in all of those that was like, "And hereby you agree to sell your soul to Satan," and you're just like, "I agree." <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. That. I hate the the user agreements that. You can't just hit I agree. You have to scroll all the way to the bottom yeah. because they want proof that you scrolled through mm-hmm. the whole thing. But you're just like whizzing <laughs> on your you know mouse wheel to get to the bottom. Okay, but okay. So he's supposedly sold his soul to the devil. R- remind me of his name again. Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson. So who would you think today had sold their soul to the devil? Like rock star wise, yeah, or rock just star- generally. Actually, anybody. Yeah. Would it be somebody that's like really talented, or is it somebody that has a lot of undeserved See, fame? I feel like it's undeserved fame. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> you think she sold her soul to the devil? Oh, yeah. I mean, isn't that what putting out a sex tape is? Selling your soul to the devil? I mean, I don't know, I don't know about that. S- selling your dignity. She had, or they all had, uh, at the very least, a bunch of 
money to begin with. They ne- probably wouldn't have to sell their soul to the I devil. think she sold her soul to Paris Hilton, though. She was her. <laughs> she was Paris Hilton's assistant. I didn't know this until recently, but in the early 2000s, she was like her wardrobe like organizer. What, really? Yeah, and what? she used to just like tag along with Paris Hilton. <laughs> it's hilarious if you look at pictures yeah. of her from back then. That would then. fuck you up. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no joke. The thing she's seen. <laughs> I wish I'd introduce her guest. Yeah, absolutely. Sydney, yeah. would you like to do the honors? Sure. So uh, tonight we have Chris Moore on the show. Uh what? what is this the Hello. fourth time I've had a boss on the show? <laughs> At least three. Third. Wait, how many have you had? Emily Arlene, now Chris. Uh, Sarah Smith was kind of my boss. <laughs> yeah. at one point. Oh, I had 28s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Chris Moore owns Poor John's in mm-hmm. Salem Springs, Arkansas. If you're ever in the Northwest Arkansas area, stop by and check it out. Mm-hmm. We say spend, hi to Sydney. Say hi to. Say hi to us. We spin vinyl all day. All Chris's collection. And he has a massive collection of vinyl, and it's all awesome. And just great coffee, great environment. Yeah. Great guy all around. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, you don't knows, have to say that because he's your boss. He knows a shit ton about music, and that's Might why. Get a raise next week. I'm going to be honest. I Shazam more often in Poor John's than anywhere else, just oh, so man. I can yeah. be sure. Like, as I, like, I like this song. I need to listen to this Yeah. Later. I mean, I was telling somebody. I have never been more flattered. <laughs> I was I was telling someone just yesterday because we were talking about having Chris on for the Twenty Seven Club because I can't imagine anybody I know to have, like to better be on this on this episode. Yeah, yeah. find somebody who was alive for some of these people. Yeah, <laughs> get the old guy. <laughs> didn't wasn't he was born, still around when Kurt Cobain yeah, was alive? Wasn't born two years before he shot himself. <laughs> he was actually like twenty. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was telling someone like, you know, the last like year or so of working at poor John's like, cause like when I was a teenager, music was a huge deal to me mm-hmm. and I always thought poor John's was the coolest because I would hear shit that I was like listening to when I was a kid and, and still did that like no one else was listening to that, that was my age, you know? And I was like, dude, these people play awesome music all the time. And then I would discover new music and like just in the past year, my own music library has expanded a lot because of working there. Yeah. So it kills me radio stations today, man. And I sometimes I listen to Fergie since Sydney works. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly did buy I'll a Fergie admit, record. I'll admit I enjoy Fergie from time to time. Hey Ben, did you hit record? Oh shit! No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I hit record. Of course I did. I just be like, guys, can we do this tomorrow? I'm really over it. Let's just finish off this bottle of whiskey and go home. Oh man! So we all looked up the. Uh, the 27 Club has its own entry on Wikipedia because it's such mm-hmm. a prevalent idea. Oh my idea. gosh, yeah. And the list of people was huge. Of course, a lot of them were people I didn't know. And yeah. it goes back, I think the earliest one was 1800. Yeah, I think that they did a study after... Because there was like three people that died consecutively, Kurt Cobain being one of them. Was it? No, was it, no, it was uh, before that. Janis Joplin. Jimi Hendrix. And Jimi Hendrix. That's right. And that kind of set off the whole 27 Club... And then they just kind of people started noticing when people died at twenty seven. Yeah. yeah, that that was going to be one of my questions: was when did the twenty seven club become something people were talking about? Mm-hmm. So yeah, what do you know of the history on it, Chris? They, I mean, people really started talking about it with Kurt Cobain, but oh yeah, it was a, an idea, but yeah. Well, there's a, there were like quotes from his mom. He went and joined that stupid club and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I saw that today. Like I told him not to join that stupid yeah. club. And her name is hilarious, actually, just to interject. 
Wendy Freidenberg Cobain O'Connor. That was <laughs> Kurt Cobain's mother's name. I just wanted to throw that out there. That is a long name. Wait, should we say real quick exactly what the 27 Club is? Oh, sure. Somebody uh, else. Chris. No, somebody else. Okay. <laughs> Chris, you want to do uh, the honors? I would say it would be uh, musicians of some prominence that died at 27. Rock musicians. Mm-hmm. They've added a bunch to the list. But... Yeah, I think the list also includes some actors. Yeah, they had actresses. Anton Yelkin and the, yeah. the yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah, and... I would say it's born in rock music. Then uh, definitely, yeah, yeah. You can't just put anyone that died at twenty-seven in the twenty-seven club. I feel like it has I think, to be. I think so... it's very specific to rock and roll lifestyle, like mm-hmm. because like Anton Yelkin was a freak accident. That was some kind of like a car was recalled after mm-hmm. he died because it like pinned him between a gate and the car or something. Uh, I mean, not to diminish his death, right. but like, like pertaining to the 27 Club, I feel like it's much more of a rock and roll thing, like Chris said, because yeah. it's all like due to drugs or like murder or suicide, mm-hmm. like everything that, uh, like all of the drawbacks to living that lifestyle. You don't sell your soul to the devil and then you accidentally die in a car accident. Yeah. That's not how he operates. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just to get kind of into it, something that just occurred to me, which is a conspiracy theory that I heard a long time ago, and I was going to see if Chris knew anything about it, was that... uh, Don't treat me like some kind of expert. Well, that's why you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's pretty accepted, right, that Jimi Hendrix died from... He aspirated on... Like, he threw up in his sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there's other people who think that he was murdered by having wine poured out poured down his throat like I've held heard down that. cuz his clothes were completely soaked in red wine and uh he also had some beef with some record people at the time i don't know how much credence there is to any of that but so they're trying to say it was a stage murder or like it was a stage suicide that he was murdered well yeah. there's a there's that's there's pretty much one of those behind every one of these people sure yeah, right that's true definitely. well definitely with Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. Courtney Love did it yeah mm mm-hmm. Jim Morrison's girlfriend did it. Some people have said Jimi Hendrix's girlfriend that was there did it. Oh, really? Well, I guess we can get into what some of the deaths were. Some of them you people should you already people. know. <laughs> you pe- what do you what mean, do you, mean you, you people? People, <laughs> people you people, you Sydney, listeners. Sydney can start with Robert Johnson. Oh, yeah, was, we need to start with that. He was yeah, really absolutely. the first one. We want to jump into that. I did do a little bit of, well, actually a lot bit of research and took some notes on him. Because um, I've... Like, I learned about the 27 Club when I was a teenager, and I did, like, I looked him up. I remembered reading his uh, Wikipedia page a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I decided to get a refresher because I thought the Crossroads thing was really cool when I was a kid. And just the whole legend of that. We played some of his music earlier, so it's this, like, it was actually called Delta Blues, the style of music that he played. So no Mississippi. One, it says that he was like possibly born on May eighth, nineteen eleven. So we don't know his yeah, actual. Yeah, nobody knows exactly how old he was. So they say twenty seven. Uh, but I guess that's not completely clear. But that's what the records say, as far as like to their knowledge. And it's like he w- had an interesting life. Like uh, I think his parents were separated by a lynch mob when he was a kid. Oh my god! He was like one of ten children. Um, I mean, it was very, like, I mean, this was the 20s, and there were no, I mean, it was the teens when he was a kid, I think. Uh, he got married really young. Uh, two of his wives died in childbirth, which was something that happened a lot more back then, of Did course. Did the children of those childbirths survive? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see that. A lot is very unknown about the guy. Hmm. Um, there's just a lot of gaps and just a lot of hearsay 
But when his first wife died in childbirth, they uh, like a lot of her family, uh, well, a couple of her family members were interviewed by this like a uh, guy that was like studying blues, like history, uh, just some mm-hmm. reporter, some writer. And some of her relatives said that they thought it was like some kind of divine punishment uh, because he chose to be a blues singer and do like secular music instead of kind of gospel, which is really, really shitty. It's a real shitty thing to say. <laughs> well, it is. But, and also back then, I, I, there was that real, there was, and still is the term, secular music, like things yeah, that weren't. that's still a thing. Gospel, yeah. Yeah. And the I was watching a documentary once, and they're interviewing like uh, Ozzy Osbourne and a few other legends about how blues influenced modern rock and roll. And they're all talking about it's that minor key for some reason. People, in fact, back then, they just thought the minor key itself was evil. Yeah, I've heard that. That's <laughs> insanity. It's just like the, the I mean, slight it was, dissonance. It yeah. was associated with black people, so... Mm-hmm. Of course it was evil. At the time. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And probably a big reason why rock and roll was so hated by the white establishment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People. Was, I mean, I think that translates blues. to a lot of, like, I mean, even after blues jazz, like, that was pretty much a taboo at the time of mm-hmm. its conception. Yeah, I remember, I think I said this before, but Stephen King in one of his autobiographies was saying that how he uh, uh, had to lie to his parents and say that Chuck Berry was a white guy. So, oh, or, yeah. Or else they wouldn't yeah. let him oh, listen yeah. to it. <laughs> <laughs> so moving back towards uh, Robert Johnson and kind of his, his lifestyle and his background, uh, supposedly he was like a really shitty guitarist. And he was kind of in his hometown area, and he could play the harmonica really well, I think something else too, um, but real shitty guitarist. And that's how like a couple of people that knew him commented about it. They were like, he couldn't play it for shit, you know. Um, but apparently he left for a time, and from what they, what the legend says was a very short time. And he studied under uh, this guy named Ike Zimmerman, who was like a master of the guitar. Hmm. And this guy Zimmerman already had some kind of like legends around him because supposedly he would play in cemeteries at night at like midnight, which was like seen as, you know, mm-hmm. he's like trying to summon something or, you oh, it's know, it's pretty weird no matter what it <laughs> yeah. is weird. Um, but that was the legend around him was that he would play in cemeteries, which later they found that like, yeah, they probably did play in cemeteries, but it was for the quiet, like the peace and quiet. Right. And just, I mean, you know, there can be some nice acoustics around those headstones. But, uh, so he studied under this guy for what seemed like not that long of a time. And then he came back and was just, like, had, like, mastered the instrument. And everyone was just so shocked by it. And they were like, this couldn't have happened in this short of a span of time. He must have gone to a crossroads and sold his soul to the devil. So that was where that whole crossroads thing came into play. So apparently he went to this crossroads kind of near his, uh... Uh, where he was like his hometown, the devil appeared in the form of a large black man and took his guitar from him. Yeah, naturally and took his guitar from him, tuned it, played a few songs and handed it back to him. And that granted Johnson the like supernatural ability to play the guitar. There was was no soul exchange conversation. That's just if you go to a crossroads, you're selling your soul. I gotcha. It's implied. If you yeah, if you go there for a reason at midnight. And you're looking for the devil because you want something. Especially in Mississippi. Especially down, yeah, down super south. south. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting about that whole thing is that it could also have, like, this this writer, I can't remember what his name was, but 
I think it was the same guy that talked to his first wife's family and they told him that he was being punished divinely. Mm-hmm. Um, but he found that there's also a an African trickster god named, and I think it's Legba, uh, who Legba. is also associated with the crossroads. But the music that, like the African music that kind of talks about this trickster uh, in their lore is nothing like the kind of bluesy rock that uh, Robert Johnson and other people like of his time played mm-hmm. and robert johnson is very clearly referring to the christian devil in his music or at least as far as we can tell mm-hmm. so yeah that's uh so did this the whole thing on him did this spark the lore of the crossroads or was that does that, that predate was, that was already a thing okay and especially in the deep south but yeah robert johnson was very super, like really interesting guy because he would just travel he was just mm-hmm. a traveling musician uh he had like a woman or two in every town that he could stay with and just bang around with i guess he was like banging around with he was dion <laughs> and knocked he, a, he was, he was the wanderer he was a rambling man <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so he he probably got several of them pregnant i would imagine i mean he probably has several descendants the way that he died is also interesting because they think that he was possibly poisoned by a boyfriend or a husband of one of the girls he was screwing around with but some people some experts think that that's not what happened because of the way he died they were like if it was strychnine it would have taken like hours instead of days and apparently he it took him like three days and he was writhing in agony the whole time he was dying oh And no one knows really why. Someone said it may have been syphilis. Um, and no one knows where he's buried. No one knows where he's buried? No one knows where he's buried. A lot is unknown about this dude. That's why it's the myth is so interesting. Yeah, that's that fascinating. really lends itself to yeah. a legendary status when you don't there's so many unknowns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he recorded like what how many songs? Twenty nine. Twenty nine songs. And I mean, from that Genesis we have rock and roll. I mean, really in American yeah. rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, huge in the formation of it. Yeah, just 29 songs. That's crazy. And you were saying, like, it's just basically had a, what, a mic, a directional mic. Yeah. That's basically all he did. He yeah. recorded it on. Which I think he recorded, insane. like, twice. Two, really? Maybe. Once or yeah, twice. I think he recorded the majority of those 29 songs somewhere in Dallas. Like you said, what was it, in, like, a hotel room? I, I, I want to say it was Alan Lomax that did a lot of field recordings. Uh-huh. Are they all, like, one-take recordings? Yeah. Well, wow. no, well, no, because if you get... I was looking at the complete Robert Johnson. There's a uh-huh. couple takes of several songs. Oh, I remember I reading that um, another part of the lore is that the joke was on him, like the devil killed him before his fame would have actually happened in his life because there was a guy out searching for him because they wanted him to play Carnegie Hall. Oh, wow. His, wow. Like, his, uh, he was starting to, like people were starting to talk about him. And then he, before he, right before he died. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask us. How known was he during his own time? Not very yeah, at all, I yeah. think. I mean, a few, like, bec- because of that guy recording him, somebody was out looking for him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't very, no, I mean, yeah, he's way, I wonder like if... everybody on this list, he's way bigger in death than... Right. Yeah. Than oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think statistically what they did end up determining was that uh, they didn't really prove that more rock and roll artists die when they're 27, that they just, they do die younger. It does seem like the mean... It, it stands like to died, reason. They, yeah, but a lot of famous deaths happened at 27. Well, sure, most of them average. die when they're older. But yeah, that's, I, not, that's not very sexy. They're just old. No. <laughs> they're just old. <laughs> and some of them don't die. Look at the Rolling Stones. Keith Richards will never die. No, <laughs> he's, I think he's. I think he died in like the 60s. He died he's when just, he was 27. He's a corpse. 
His They've just been propping him up <laughs> with his guitar. It's, it's, it's like, what's that movie? <laughs> they have though? like they have like a marionette <laughs> thing attached to it. Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. That's every Rolling Stone show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> so Ledger was 28. Oh, so close. Mm. Man, he could have been cool, you know. <laughs> he just missed legendary status. By one year. I think part of also why the 27 Club is so... It's easy to think about. Yeah, there's people die at any sort of time, but whenever it happens to young people, especially right in the, most of these are like right in the peak of their career, or at least yeah. we assume it's the peak of their career because that's when it ended. Well, like that's what, what did Kurt Cobain? Was well, they it were Kurt at Cobain? A, they were at a very high point in their most yeah. of, Well, mm-hmm. most of them. I mean, Brian Jones, I was talking about this with with Emily. Brian Jones was the one who was like, had already peaked and he was, oh, he was, he formed the Rolling Stones. But did he drown? Yeah, yeah. He lived on the estate of the guy that uh, what is it? A. A. Milne, the guy that wrote uh, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, oh yeah, he yeah. His estate. Yeah. He drowned in his pool. Oh my god, shit! But he, oh, yeah, he formed the Rolling Stones, and he was a real jackass. And Mick Jagger and Keith Richards pushed him out, so he was pretty much out of the band when he died. Yeah. He he peaked early. It's but crazy. Everybody like else peaking. was like at the height. He yeah. started the Rolling Stones that was in 1969. I, he died in 1969. Yeah, and then nice. oh, they were babies. Still. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Was it Kurt Cobain 62. that said uh, it's better to burn out than fade away? I don't know who said that. I feel like that's the thing. <laughs> now I have to look that, 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 that was in a Neil Young song. <laughs> Maybe it was Neil Young. Speaking of uh, drowning, how old was Jeff Buckley when he died? He, I know he was real young, too. He only released the one album, right? Uh, Is he the one who had the... I he was older he, than he did Hallelujah. Could, yeah, he like had the cover of Hallelujah. Yeah. That, Everyone likes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good. Oh yeah. So mentioned. Okay, that's what I remember. Kurt Cobain said that in his suicide note. Yeah. And oh, it, and really? it was a Neil Young lyric. Oh man. Right. Yeah, that's. Have you guys read a suicide up. note? I don't even know if I've read it all the way through. I know I've read excerpts. I don't know if I would want to Just read it. Just whatever they put on the uh, soaked in bleach. I think. That's oh, what okay. I, all I've seen. Yeah. Uh, I've seen T-shirts that are the the whole thing. Yeah. Which is that's super cool, guys. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's dark yeah <laughs> it's awful um yeah. no now i'm this is stupid now i'm just thinking about every young musician that died and wondering if they're also part of the 20th club like jeff buckley which i don't know you don't th- i don't, I don't, think, I don't, I don't I think i would have known is. that yeah uh, i really like his music now. i mean there's also amy winehouse we haven't mentioned yeah. her yet. Oh, the, main, she was... the main ones were robert johnson brian jones of the rolling stones mm-hmm. jim mm-hmm. morrison janice joplin Jimi Hendrix, Cobain, Amy Winehouse, and then there's a few other random. Uh, Jean Michel Basquiat, he was mm-hmm. actually in a band, so he counts as a Twenty Seven Club. <laughs> Not as famous. There was a guy that I was going to talk about named Richie Edwards from the Manic Street Preachers who disappeared at Twenty Seven. He disappeared. So he's <laughs> still you told me about like that. we still don't know about him. Nobody knows what happened to him. What? How? When was that? Uh, Nineteen ninety five. So when I my senior year in high school, wow. I don't know this band either. Uh, you should check them out; they're really good. Um, they've been like an old rock, okay, nineties uh, sound. Were there any circumstances around his disappearance that are clues or like what? What do they mean? He just disappeared. He like, he was just never seen from again. I mean, it, it, I think it was two thousand eight before the family finally said, "All right, we we're gonna say he's dead. He's officially wow. dead." But he just he they he did like uh-huh. take money out of the bank and then there's all these like oh. people who would post on 
you know these like grainy photos and say i saw him here and but <laughs> that's what we see as bigfoot yeah. today yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah he's like the bigfoot of yeah indie rock but so they yeah, don't do they have like a reason to think he would be dead he just disappeared like they don't really know he just kind of up and left one day i and, mean you know typical uh-huh. of all these other people he yeah did drugs he sure it was a crazy touring lifestyle mm-hmm. they were just starting to get popular and I guess he just, he either killed himself or he said, I'm done, I'm going off the grid, or yeah. he didn't tell anyone he was leaving. There's no note, there's no nothing. He did, but, like, pull a bunch of money out of the bank. Yeah. Other than that. Huh. I like to think it's that like he no trace. just changed identity. And yeah, he's probably still out there. That's a nicer thing to think about. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, just, he, maybe he turned 27 and didn't want to, like, turn into Kurt Cobain <laughs> or anyone else. He, he, he wanted the like, best of both worlds. He was like, I'm going to get out of here before something happens. Yeah. But yeah. if nobody figures it out, then I'll get to be in the club and be alive. It'll be like <laughs> yeah. the ultimate fuck you. Yeah. Win-win for that guy. Yeah. Those I think are, uh, Those are the main ones. There's not really... I mean, there's a few other ones. but I think yeah. Amy Winehouse expressed a She's fear. the modern, real modern one. She's definitely... Yeah, yeah, the most recent. But I think she actually said when she was like 23 or 24 that she was afraid she was going to die at that age. Mm, yeah. Really? She actually alluded to it prior to her death at 27 wow well i I mean at that time it had become a thing yeah i mean kurt cobain solidified i mean yeah she she was that was the one well i mean i've been around for two of these i guess but you just weren't surprised you were like well Uh, we kind of saw that coming that was in 2011 is when she i could be wrong let's see died 20 july 23rd 2011 Oh, 11? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember her being a pretty big deal in the music scene, and I, at the time, wasn't really listening to a whole lot of new music. Mm-hmm. Like, I was really into my kind of 70s through 90s phase, and so I didn't really give her a listen or anything. I knew she was, like, everyone was really loving her. Yeah, to me, mm-hmm. she kind of kicked off that, like, retro retro movement that kind of Definitely. was around for, even I mean, maybe a little bit still but kind of like adele retro soul, yeah. came out of that i feel like and uh like she got her popularity from it there was another one that was really big um but that whole style didn't really come back into play until like amy winehouse came out with yeah. back to black yep and i didn't uh i didn't really listen to back to black until i worked at poor john's and <laughs> You have it on vinyl, and I was like, "Oh, I see what the big deal was." Yeah. And now listening to it after her death, mm-hmm. it's it's so haunting. A lot yeah. of the yeah. lyrics. Just well, I mean, the some of them. The is that does that also have the the rehab song? Yeah, it's yeah. it's the opening song. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> Do you think that uh, there's so many that I'm also thinking about other people that just died young that weren't necessarily part of that club, like a. Uh, I mentioned Jeff Buckley or Tupac dying at 25. Yeah. 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 Biggie uh, Smalls. Yeah. Do you think? I mean, because their their music is now pretty much immortalized. I think from dying, so they didn't have a chance to ruin their own music. Mm-hmm. Which I wonder if that's why uh, their music continues to be so appreciated. Yeah. If they, well, I guess we can still appreciate stuff that Paul McCartney did, even though he only craps out nonsense (laughs) there was some later paul mccartney record that you have there was just one of his solo i've never been a fan of paul mccartney solo and there was some record i think from the 80s that you have there but it was just like some weird electronic stuff oh yeah it was and i was like we were listening to it and i was just like jesus this is this is fucking bad like (laughs) i hate this (laughs) 
<laughs> it was bizarre. Like, yeah, but I've never like Harrison has always been my favorite yeah. Beatle. Yeah, he had some music that uh, I don't know. Anytime I don't know if he's done anything real recently, Paul McCartney, but he had some album where he was like mostly playing a ukulele. Or something. Ukulele. Girl. Well, I've done everything now. Let's do, <laughs> let's do a ukulele. Oh, album. you had a legend on Paul McCartney. The thing that oh, they the joked Paul, about. See, what, was it at 27? Was it 27? 28. That he the was Paul, supposed to have died anybody at? Anybody heard the Paul legend? Then he's dead. He's actually dead. I've, yeah, but I remember. Uh, it. I have heard something about this. Did y'all talk about that on the urban legend? Much. No, you didn't. No, we didn't. I don't think we did. No. Yeah. But yeah, like there's lots of like pointing to things in the Abbey Road picture right uh-huh. oh yeah but, they played it up they played it up he he did have a car accident and then they some fan came up with the theory and then they just played with it like oh they, really they, they even, played along they with even it? did a paul mccartney lookalike contest and they, they put they, that guy's <laughs> picture amazing. is in the white album poster oh really uh there's a collage of pictures and he's in there and then they, they just mention a lot of things in their lyrics uh-huh and yeah they played it up so there's a conspiracy that he's actually he actually died. He at died in the car accident, and they replaced okay. him with a lookalike. There's web there's a website that has like pictures, and they're like showing a picture of him now. Like, this is obviously not the same guy, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's he's 60 years older. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you kind of fall apart after a while. <laughs> you're not going to look like you did when you were 20. Yeah, but, but um, yeah, what about the the cover of Abbey Road too? The way they're dressed has something to do with it, right? Yeah. Uh, what is it? One's the grave digger. One's One's the preacher. Because Paul's wearing this. What, he's wearing, he's wearing like, a suit with no shoes. He's wearing clothes you would wear in a casket. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. George Harrison's dressed as the the undertaker. Yeah, yeah. And there's a license plate that says twenty eight if. And there's like a ghost <laughs> face on the back that if you hold it the right way. Oh my god! Well, just, really? <laughs> yeah, they just played with it just to yeah. mess with people because they were they were cheeky lads. <laughs> <laughs> Back to what Torrance said, I think people, I think the 27 Club is a thing because of that, like, cult of, like, eternal youth. That yeah. people just, yeah. Yeah. You can, you never saw them get old, so that legend can just kind of live on forever. The same with James mm-hmm. Dean or, like, the Marilyn, yeah. or it's Marilyn Monroe, too. Like, yeah. They never got old, so they're, all the pictures of them are when they were in their prime and yeah. mm-hmm. when they were, like, this burning bright star, and now, that, now they're gone, so. Mm-hmm. And there were some superstitions that kind of branched off of the Twenty Seven Club, like the white lighter thing, and yep. uh, yeah, which I, I don't know what that is. Chris is carrying his white lighter. I my tonight. white lighter. Oh, did you? Yeah, basically a lot of the people I'm who showing died it right now. Had a... <laughs> it's even it's even this big thing like it's bad luck. I saw yeah, I've, stuff yeah. On the I've heard that white lighters were bad luck, but I didn't know that that was. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of those people had white lighters when they died. Is what they say. Or... Snow- Snopes actually tackled that and. Disproved yeah. it, right? Because oh, yeah. I think Bic didn't that even was, come out with white lighters until yeah. after that was a big legend, though. Is that really? supposedly the they had Bic the white lighters? Disposable came out in '73, so mm-hmm. the only one who could have had it was Kurt Cobain. And oh, that's interesting. It, mm-hmm. The the one there's two in the pictures uh, at his uh, at the scenes of his death, and they're not mm-hmm. neither one's white, but oh, they really? have two Bics, <laughs> but no white ones. Yeah. So just Bix are unlucky is what I'm talking I guess about. so, yeah. That's that's why new, I carry one. New urban legend. <laughs> Laugh in the face of... <laughs> I see you two live dangerously. Oh, yeah. Bic, the thing that literally every household has one of, yeah. of some sort. Mm-hmm. I hear that uh, people who use toilet paper, they also die. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been it proven not, that everyone... It may not be today, may not be tomorrow, but eventually if you use toilet paper... You're, you will die, you're yes. Die. <laughs> there... Uh, there are lots of uh, 
conspiracy theories around Y27. Some of the ones I like are the uh, Saturn return. Oh. Because uh, Saturn's, when you're born, it's like astrology, right? The uh-huh. Saturn is closest. To 27 Earth. is like that prime time in your life when it's as close back to where it was when you were born oh. or whatever. Okay. Huh. So, and then there's uh, drug. Some people just say, this one's pretty, I mean, these people were did a lot of drugs. So, by the time, if, at the time in their life when they started by the time they were 27 they were at a higher risk of overdose mm-hmm. yeah that one's kind of boring but. yeah that seems like that's probably exactly <laughs> plausible yeah. so it's let's too just plausible. skip over that <laughs> maybe we'll come back to it my favorite one is the satanic pact which Sydney yeah he started on mm-hmm. yeah so there's this uh let me look at this real quick there's this uh theory based on the robert johnson one that there's this uh like so many years after you made oh, the pact, that no, you... that it just I can't remember the lady's name. I was trying to find it, but there's this like satanic priestess or something that was quoted as saying that they that people will uh, do that all of these people and more do like these satanic rituals before they record a record, and that they did in fact sell their soul mm-hmm. so that for fame because the devil. You know, basically that the devil is in rock music. Like she was t- confirming all these things oh that God. like these crazy youth pastors would uh-huh. say. That, and they yeah. and they the, played records backwards. Yeah, she's and... saying it's all real. Like that, uh, every oh one of these God. rock musicians. Yeah, that fits. We had an episode on Satanic which is Panic. Uh, that's yep. that's yeah. what I believe. They all <laughs> <laughs> rock and roll music is of the devil, and that's why I like it. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> it's the most plausible explanation. Uh, yeah, and. That was real fun for a lot of rock and roll bands to just completely buy into that yeah. full, you know, satanic imagery or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I watched a documentary on um, Black Sabbath a long time ago. I just, I vaguely remember seeing this. And I don't remember who it was that was talking about, like, how they had, like, upside down crosses in their, like, in their recording studio or something and how they would just try to fuck around and be funny about it. And then one of them claimed to actually that stuff actually started happening, and so they stopped screwing with it. But I don't know how much like truth there mm-hmm. were, like if he actually thought that that was real or that it happened, or if they were just totally like acid tripping. Well, then you had Led Zeppelin recorded in the what was the guy's name? Aleister Crowley. Oh, oh yeah, recorded in his mansion, uh, fourth album. Uh, didn't the Eagles have Anton Lavey? Oh yeah, in there. he was one of their biggest fans. Yeah, he's a pretty <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> Don Henley, the Satanist. <laughs> Wait, was it the Eagles? Yeah, he's in Hotel California. Yeah, yeah, he's you, like pictured oh on. God. If you open up the gatefold, he's ominously looming up there on the balcony. You can see him. In- Which that's also really yeah. funny to me. The whole, like the. Which Levain. is why we keep a copy of that in Poor John's at all times. <laughs> I only play that song and then I take the record off because I hate the Eagles. <laughs> It's like in Agata De Vita. I only played that <laughs> that one eleven minute minutes side. Yeah. <laughs> you play the full. The other side is incoherent. Yeah, dribble. I I well, play the, the in, Agata full, Vita itself is pretty incoherent. <laughs> I play the full eleven minutes on that one side. Isn't the the legend about that he was it was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden? But in Agata De Vita. <laughs> you're good. Well, you want to take a quick break, then we oh, can uh, come back down. to this. Yeah, I do have to pee. So. Yeah, yeah, as do I. More devil music when we return. <laughs> More devil music. But I feel like if uh, Kurt Cobain hadn't 
like if he had kept going with Nirvana mm-hmm. or kept going in some way. Like I feel like Nirvana, and of course this is kind of a I don't know a catch twenty two here. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but um, catch twenty seven. It was a catch twenty seven. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> but uh, he so you know. Like, there was Bleach, and that was kind of, like, the beginning, like, of their sound mm-hmm. and everything. And it was, like, they were getting noticed on the Seattle scene. And then uh, Butch Vig came in and produced Nevermind and made it what it is. Like, he kind of forced or, like, talked Cobain into doing, like, overlapping tracks. Like, especially on Smells Like Teen Spirit. Like, you can hear mm-hmm. Cobain's voice, like, dubbed over several times. And that kind mm-hmm. of gives it a fuller quality and... Made it super popular, the whole record. I mean, it has that very Butch Vig, super produced style to it. Yeah. Um, and then you go into In Utero, which I really like as an album, but it's also just so incredibly, like, just drudging and dark. And, I mean, I think he originally called it I Hate Myself and I Want to Die. I think that's what he wanted to call it. And the oh, label wow. was like, eh. <laughs> How are we going to market this? We can't sell that. (laughs) Let's not do that. But that album, I think, does have one of the most iconic album art of all time. It does, for sure. And, I mean, you got Heart Shaped Box from that, which Mm -hmm. Courtney Love claims is her vagina. You know, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Get over yourself, Courtney Love. Everything's about her vagina with her. But, um, and then, you you know, there was, like, Francis Farmer will have her revenge or something. I really love that song. But they're all, like, just super dark and just, it almost feels like you're, like walking through mud when you're listening to it you're like oh god like it's just like the guitars are so raw and it was almost like a going back to like the sound on bleach which i really like but you could also hear it in his lyrics that he was really going downhill in his head mm. and they recorded it like in the middle of nowhere in minnesota like it was really cold really mm. yeah i didn't know that but i feel like um the way his life was going and i mean i maybe if he had gotten his life together if he had like actually finished rehab instead of jumping over the fence, which he didn't have to do. He could have checked out voluntarily. But, you know, I mean... (laughs) It's a better story. It's not as dramatic. Yeah, it's not as dramatic. But, um, like, I feel like he... You know, I feel like he may have... Like, could definitely could have made some great music after that. Sure. But I really think that... um, the fame would not have been there like it was with Nevermind. Like, I don't think yeah. that, and I think he felt like that. Like, I think he was feeling that, especially when he quoted Neil Young in his suicide letter. Like, it's better to burn out than fade away because yeah. it's like when you make something like Nevermind, which literally changed the scene of rock music at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you agree with that, Chris? Yeah. Because you I, were there. <laughs> Back in my day, <laughs> Nirvana was recording. <laughs> I mean, Nevermind was like the was what they were striving for the whole time that i mean they talked a big game of like you know we don't want to be popular but that's that was what they wanted and then i think mm-hmm. when they got it in utero was like the their reaction to it was it. like a big they fuck hate you. they were like okay well this was kind of this wasn't what we it wasn't all that's cracked up to be kind of what happened yeah. with the so they gr- yeah green day released dookie in 94 yeah. and then immediately released insomniac and it was like the same thing like dookie was like super produced and yeah. sounded like super uh well put together and everything and the songs were polished right and then insomniac came out and they just recorded it in like a couple of days i think and it was just like this thrash yeah stuff i almost like brain stew and things came yeah. out of that but it was, i feel like that was kind of kind of the same idea 
Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they were all about, we want the record deal, we want to be huge. They, but the way they were in public and in interviews, they made you think that they... Mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. This just happened. Like, yeah, we this made sucks, this awesome man. record, and <laughs> we hate this fame, but that's what they were going for, and I think, yeah, in utero, they were like, that kind of sucked. Let's, yeah. let's actually try to do what we were talking about and just make... A record like Bleach again or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they have some? And I might be wrong. I might be talking out of my ass. That, again. Uh, uh, there is some animosity to towards the record label itself just because they didn't feel like they had full creative control over some of the stuff that was coming out, or or well, like what they, they were wanting or expecting from them. I also feel like that's a common story. No, no, no. Just uh, in general, or once I started getting into contract deals with the. Uh, like I said, talking on my ass, so maybe not. But that, I heard that was part of the... I don't remember hearing that, but I mean, that very well could have been the case. I know that there is like... Well, a, they did just kind of say, well, this is what we're putting out. They, they, The record company said, this is, this sounds like it's not even finished. And they were like, well, here it mm-hmm. is. They, uh, uh, There's that story. Of, they were playing uh, some MTV show. Maybe it was... No, I don't think it was Unplugged, but they're doing some live show and they were wanting to play uh rape me yeah and they said no you cannot do oh, that yeah but they started off playing the opening <laughs> chords to it and then switch into another song but uh, <laughs> i do remember hearing about that i remember that in the the best empty mo- moment of all time when uh kurt novoselic was the bassist and he threw his bass up in the air on live mtv and it, it hit him it in hit the him head, in the right? head. Oh. <laughs> I've Knocked seen that out. video. It's fantastic. And then I have not seen that. To cover it up, Kurt and Dave just like started destroying the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and then they dragged oh him off. God. It was like, oh my God. One of those most unrock moments. <laughs> yeah, you need to. <laughs> yeah. look it looks at him. so awkward, too. He's like, you can tell he's not. It's like, this guy's a musician. He's not an athlete. He's, <laughs> <laughs> oh my he's like, uh, <laughs> goes down. And he's a cute. He's like 6'5. He's yeah, a he's big enormous. Guy. <laughs> I just yeah, I just watched the video. He just like hits himself in the head, falls completely down. This guy's super tall. Oh yeah, and, and he he's Kurt not Cobain even like just, like destroys his amp and just starts kicking the and the drums. Yep, he just destroyed his Marshall, and then yeah, freaking it. He's not like the bassist is not uh, graceful about it at all. He like no. fumbles first time, and then he fumbles again off the stage. Yeah, it's funny seeing Chris Novoselic, like, next to the other band members, because I think Cobain was only, like, 5'10". Yeah, he's huge. I'm looking and it up now. Grohl, I don't know how tall Grohl is. Oh, I my would, God. I would Grohl guess, is, like, 6 feet. He's pretty tall. He's pretty tall. But Kurt Novoselic is, like... Oh, yeah. He's, like, 6'5". He looks like a monster. Northwestern yeah. Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Is. What's he doing now, do you know? He's blurry in all his photos. We don't know. They just... <laughs> <laughs> No one's seen him since 1994, but he got overshadowed because of Cobain. Sadly, I think he just trots out for all the different interviews and documentaries about yeah. Kurt Cobain. And yeah. That's about all he does these days. Hmm. I wonder if he's trying to do anything or if that's just what he wants. I think he was in another band for a while, but I don't... Mm-hmm. He he played with... Uh, when Dave Grohl did one of those HBO documentaries, they did a song with him, but he's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than Dave Grohl, did any of those guys go on to do anything else? No, I mean, there was only three of them. So. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. guess you're right. Yeah. 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 Um, so um, we were going to talk about how they all kind of, like, at least the big five or so, the big six of 27, big, big five or six. six, like how they all died. Well, we talked about Robert Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had, and we well, we talked about Brian Jones, mm-hmm. Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. died in his pool. He was, okay, who made he was drunk. Yeah. He was drunk and fell in his pool. He was alone. Uh, who's the next one? Jim Morrison was in Paris. 
Mm-hmm. He also was drunk and apparently mm-hmm. girlfriend helped him to the bath or something. Could, could, I have a dumb question. Did the doors go on to replace him? No. Well, no. They recorded, I think, two or three albums without him. Okay. I can't remember which one of them sang, but they didn't replace him. But they did okay. They did do two albums without him. I didn't him. know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And then I think a couple of them did solo records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were done. Uh, yeah, so he was in Paris, and that's where he's buried. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, we talked about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Died. It was, uh, of, yeah, he was drunk, too. I'm did sure on asphyxi- drugs. Did he asphyxiate? asphyxiate yeah. on his own vomit. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm. There's that word, asphyxiate. Asphyxiate. <laughs> What's the difference uh, between asphyxiate and aspirate? Because I hear them both used interchangeable. Bleak. Actually, I mean, it's aspirate. That's aspirate. That's, that's the word yeah, we're looking for. Because right. asphyxiate is... I think asphyxiate is choke. That's being like choked, yeah. 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 And aspirate is when you're choking on your vomit. Asleep. He was asleep and he threw up and, and that's awful. sucked it back down. Yeah. Uh, who else? Jim Morrison. Jim. Wait, do we do Janice? Janice. Janice Joplin died in a hotel room of a heroin overdose. And Kurt Cobain... Famously killed himself, or did he? Uh, or maybe Courtney killed him, but at any rate, he he died of a gunshot wound. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. The why remains undetermined. Mm-hmm. And Amy Winehouse pretty much drank herself to death. I think they found three or four bottles of vodka, empty vodka bottles in her room. Holy cow. Her, uh, yeah. She was... She was quite the alcoholic. Like, there was a pub by her house, and she was there, like, every night. And so, they knew her, you know, she was a regular. I remember hearing, her. like, because uh, I'm old enough to remember that. I mean, I was in high school, and I remember just, She was like, your Kurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I wasn't, like I said, it's sadly I wasn't a fan of her at the time, uh, which is probably good, because it didn't hit me that hard. Right. So, because I feel like it kind of would have been, like, a huge bummer. But, like, everyone knew it was going to happen. That's what sucked about it. I, yeah. was, I was just waiting. She played it out on TV. For the day. It was like paparazzi followed her around to all those pubs. And, and just, it was like, Amy Winehouse weighs 80 pounds now. Yeah. Or something like that, you know. And and then, so when it finally happened, it wasn't, it wasn't surprising. Kurt, I mean, Kurt Cobain played it out on TV, but he was more... I don't know. The, the way he was, you didn't really... You thought it was all bullshit. Like, right, You didn't yeah. think he was a actually going to do it. You thought it was more of his, like, his identity well, more yeah, so I mean, than how he actually was. Yeah. There, yeah. He was... I mean, he was funny and he was he was cool and mm-hmm. he wasn't, like, uh, you know, falling apart on stage like she was. I mean... Right. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Know. I mean, he had... I think he did leave the tour and stuff right there at the end, but mm-hmm. his yep. appearances were more like... You know, it came off as mm-hmm. he was cool and he was just bullshitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you heard the theory that... Uh, it was a surprise where hers was like, mm-hmm. you saw it. What, one of the uh, factors that... And this is a little bit of a stretch, but one of the factors that might have led to his his end was the fact that he was left-handed. That uh, And he would play a right-handed guitar. I've heard it, this theory. It caused problems... It, like oh, Jimi one Hendrix th- did that too. Oh, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. It led he to problems with down. his. Yeah, he did. He he. Uh, it led to problems with his back, which led to back pain, which led to pills. Opium. And then, yeah. Well, his thing Opium was always abuse. his. Well, he always said it was his stomach that was yeah. his problem. Oh, really? And his that's stomach. why he took. He started taking drugs to deal huh. with the chronic pain. Yeah, because heroin, you know, it's basically illegal morphine. Yeah, and you can deal with any kind of pain. But I think those four were all left-handed. Hendrix, Joplin, Morrison, and Cobain. Really? 
Interesting. Hmm. I need to go check on Kate real quick. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's take a quick break. <laughs> Kate's left-handed. That's the joke yeah. for anybody listening. <laughs> well, it's, it's a weird, weird, st- like pretty classic stereotype that there is some truth to left-hand people tend to be more creative uh, just because of their right hemisphere dominant or whatever in their brain, mm-hmm. which to the point where I have an uncle that works in a, uh, a like the creative wing of a, a greeting card business. And he says that at meetings, everyone will be holding a pen in their left hand whether or not they're left-handed because it's like <laughs> they want to be perceived it's a status symbol to be left-handed Good guy. <laughs> the desire to be different you know what about this uh, yeah. 32 club you were talking the about, 32 though? club mm-hmm. um okay well i'm gonna start by let's see we already talked about the some of the theories one of the theories that i think has a little bit of merit is uh, there was this? I think it was a psych, a psychologist, psychiatrist, not a psychiatrist. Eric Erickson. I'll have to look it up. But okay. He um, he posits the theory of the like life cycles. I think there's eight, six or eight life cycles, and one of them is uh, one of the hardest ones of your life is like the eighteen to thirty five. So hmm. during that cycle, you're forming relationships. Your parents are dying. Like all these mm-hmm. major changes are happening in your life, so it is more. You're more vulnerable to a lot of things that these people died for, like mm-hmm. you know, loneliness to drug addiction, or you know, mm-hmm. coping with certain things that have happened in your life. Basically, mm-hmm. you don't. You don't easier. quite know who you are, right? For yeah, a long you're, time. Yeah, you're trying to figure shit out, and so that's that time in your life where that's happening. And, and to coupled with like massive fame and stuff yeah. that they're dealing with, mm-hmm. so that incredible. So the thirty two is like so. If you want to throw in the satanic pact or whatever into mm-hmm. that, hey, maybe the thirty twos mm-hmm. somehow beat the twenty seven rap that they were living on borrowed time, yeah. <laughs> or maybe they paid a little extra. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, maybe they paid more. Uh, just, they just also the devil was busy that year. I don't know. <laughs> And just to clarify, Eric Erickson was the guy who coined the term identity crisis. That's right. Oh. And he was a psychologist and a psychoanalyst. Right. So this the psychosocial that time is... Mm-hmm. And yeah, who were some of the people in that club? 32s were Keith Moon of The Who, the drummer, who I really wanted to work into this. That's why I put the 32s in, because I mm-hmm. love him, because he liked to blow up hotel rooms with dynamite. What the what? what? Every, How do you I, just blow I would up also one hotel like room? No, every every time they went to a hotel, he blew up the toilet. Oh my! Wouldn't you just God. not that, like let yeah. him rent a room? Yeah, once there they was got a, there was a famous story where they checked into a hotel room and then went to the venue, and the hotel sent their bags to the venue with a with like. One of the bell the bell hop guys and was like, "No thanks, we don't." Yeah, we don't. no shit. <laughs> yeah, no joke. So he what? would actually blow up the hotel. Was it like dropping an M eighty in a toilet or yeah, a cherry bomb or whatever? No, he actually would. When they checked out, the Sorry. toilet would be in you just like a dust. There would be nothing. <laughs> he did the toilet bomb. Yeah, like the pipe bomb. <laughs> he he famously one time dove into a pool that was empty when he was drunk. <laughs> he was and he lived. To, he lived. He lived after that, you know? Oh, yeah. So, see, like, he dodged 27 somehow. So, yeah. all these people 
Or, um, hey, there's a text from my wife, former guest on the show. <laughs> Shout out to Emily. Urban Legends, check it out. <laughs> text from my former wife. <laughs> That's what that sounded like for a second. It was like formerly. My, my loving uh, current wife. <laughs> formerly Emily, Emily Alderton. Oh, That's what he was going to say. Yeah. Where was I? <laughs> uh, Keith Moon. Keith Moon, uh, uh, yeah. Blowing up, up toilets. He blew up toilets. He blew up the shitters. And How he did he jumped. die at 32? Yeah. How did all these people... Oh man, we're gonna have to look that one up. He wasn't. He was definitely. An you alcoholic. said like you were telling me about this at work the other day, like, uh, and I I was super intrigued by it. That's why I wanted you to have a chance to talk about it because <laughs> you said that they were all kind of just like, almost like walking corpses. Yeah, by that time. that's what I was gonna say. Oh. That's where I was at. Yeah, they missed twenty seven somehow by the skin of their teeth, and then they were just like living on borrowed time. They were just like, or maybe, you know. They they were they hit twenty seven and then they were just corpses. For well, the I don't next think five you could years. describe because they were all living the same. They were all doing the same things that all these other people were doing. They were all doing heavy drugs. They were all touring. Mama Cass didn't look like a heavy like a uh, maybe a heavy corpse. Damn it! That's what I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say yeah, Mama Cass. Oh. Mama Cass died in the same room as Keith Moon. She died. Didn't she several choke on something? Early. No, I think that she was did a, not choke. That was a sandwich. horrible. That's a horrible. Urban yeah, origin. I think she, based on she her just had overweight. health. I don't think. Yeah, she just had health oh, problems. Okay. She had like a heart failure. Yeah, I think I heard that from Austin Powers. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so mean. I didn't he because he's like naming off all the people that have died when he comes back, and he's like Mama Cass. <laughs> Ham sandwich, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like Urban six legend. years old watching this, and I'm like, "Who's Mama Cass? She and <laughs> how did she die on a ham?" She sandwich? died with a white lighter and a ham sandwich. <laughs> uh, Wait, what did you want to know about Keith Moon? Keith Moon, oh, I can't remember died. how he died. How he died? So I let's see. I feel like it was uh, alcohol or over a drug overdose. I can't remember. Um, but then John Bonham, the drummer of Led Zeppelin, was 32, and Led Zeppelin ended when he died. They retired, and he took like <laughs> I can't remember. It was like seventy shots of vodka at a bar. Oh my god! And then yeah, aspirated on his own vomit in the night. Jesus. And then Karen Carpenter was uh, died of complications from anorexia. So it looks uh, like Moon died of uh, pills, pills, pill yeah. overdose, yeah. yeah, drug overdose. And that's of the Carpenters, from what I'm understanding. The Carpenters, okay. yeah. She was the one of the singers and drummer. Her and her brother. Uh, I Don't do want to say this is also horrible, horrible, but uh, the first original joke I remember ever telling in my life, I was probably, I don't know, 10 or something. Some, and whenever I was 10, I knew about That older, was your first original music. joke at 10? Yeah. Hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about, because I only Rabbit listened trail. to uh, oldies music growing uh, up or like 60s, 70s. 50s from the there was a one radio station that we had and i was mm. listening to uh the mamas and the papas and my dad said <laughs> uh about mama cass he's like man mama cass was such a tragic figure and at 10 <laughs> probably probably 12 or something i said well she had a tragic figure <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh that was the first joke i remember <laughs> The first and you're original still proud. material. I, I am. I, I feel like that's pretty good for a I kid. I think that is pretty good for a 12-year-old. <laughs> oh gotta my say. Gosh. I mean, it's mean. It was, I'm ashamed well, of Well, she's but. dead, and you don't know her personally. I mean, come on. <laughs> anyway, oh, shit. Anyway, the 32s fit into Eric Erickson's... That makes a lot of sense. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, like these guys, they were they were definitely at that height of fame, which is... 
mm-hmm. stressful in itself. And they yeah. were all, I don't know anything. I don't know about Robert Johnson, but the mm-hmm. the main famous 27s were all like really sensitive people. Yeah. And I think they just struggled with yeah. that fame and, you know, I mean, that's saying kind of no to drugs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, they were definitely, that was, they used drugs as a coping mechanism because sure. the, having to deal with, you know yeah. those high those highs mm-hmm. just like they were all super sensitive i mean they were the songwriters in there there's like and they were all known for that like cobain right. was a very sensitive quiet guy Jimi hendrix was like known as like mm-hmm. s- really quiet and would never say mm-hmm. anything and that's kind of the condition of the artist right yeah. they're oh, all yeah, kind of they're tortured definitely, artist that's yeah. like that classic thing uh-huh, emotional well, they have to tap into that to write their music yeah you know? and there's I would an say that they were all yeah sorry go ahead towards okay. Oh no! I was just gonna say, and there's also that expectation that you have of all these people that, you know, have found something, some sort of connection with you and your art, and I can't imagine what the uh, just the stress on the body that some of the touring schedules that those people oh, yeah. had. Yeah. Also, oh, yeah. it was no. ridiculous compared to and now. And once you hit it big, like the expectations that are put upon you at that point, it's that's got to be insane because the well, amount of work you put into that. More than, and than then now, now, too. You were like beholden to the record company, especially oh, yeah. with like Hendrix, Joplin, and Morrison. Um, I mean, Morrison, when he died, had, like, stepped back and mm-hmm. went to Paris. But, I mean, Jimi Hendrix was touring, like, 320 days a year. You know, he was gone all the time. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about that before, just the grueling schedule that these yeah. people have. And, like, you know, I think of, like, you know, sometimes I don't even want to get out of bed. <laughs> and, like, the thought of, like, you know, having to be hyped up about something or or to pretend yeah. to get excited about something is just so... Like you've got to, to take me. heroin to get up there and yeah, do it every or like, just some the kind way of, they did it. Yeah, like either that or like some kind of uh, like amphetamine to get you going. Or everyone mm-hmm. silenced their phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just I can't imagine doing that without some kind of help. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be hard, yeah. Yeah, especially if you get up there day after day. It always surprises me whenever you hear like. Uh, this is this is probably a stupid analogy, but like Maroon Five, they freaking tour all the effing time. And like, how the hell do you get up and do that every day with the kind of music yeah. they have to play? They're not. <laughs> <laughs> how do you stand yourself? How do you look in the mirror? <laughs> like I also to, just that was the most brilliant thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. I mean having to play the same songs every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I feel like that would get old, are, too. And then the, the Maroon 5 songs, too. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> five. This love oh, has no, no. taken God it. damn it. No, stop it. Get out. <laughs> but yeah, but the, you're, like you're expected to have to do this day after day, and there's you don't really have a way out. You have mm-hmm. to cope. You have to do yeah. something to get to the next show, get through the next show, because you, you got to make your money. you got to make yeah. your living. And uh, you, there's you can't really get out of it. And if you do get out of it, it's going to be a huge public. Like the news is going to be all on top oh, of yeah. it. You're going to like break a bunch of people's hearts. You know. So like well, you, we were talking about Bob Dylan outside. He yeah. he had a little motorcycle wreck. He that's how he stepped mm-hmm. away in like uh, the mid '60s. He mm-hmm. had a little motorcycle wreck, and then just kind of put out this story yeah. that he was in the hospital and couldn't get out of bed. You know, and he just disappeared. Yeah. I, I mean, just think, yeah, just he went out to Woodstock and lived and just told everyone. He had his publicity people tell him that he couldn't perform. And yeah. it was all a fake story. 
Yeah, I mean, just, everybody knows that now, but at the time, everybody thought huh. he was like, yeah, in the hospital in a body cast. Just think about people when they, <laughs> when people cancel shows nowadays. Like people, people go nuts about that. They yeah. are super upset. Yeah. yeah, just you know, you have a lot of pressure. That uh, that video of when Kanye like rage quit that concert oh, yeah. earlier this year was the funniest thing. Uh, yeah. Did you see it? I did see it. Where it just like the lights came up, but he's still up on that like floating contraption, and mm-hmm. it just slowly moves him across, like back mm-hmm. to where it started, and he's just standing there, and everyone's mm-hmm. <laughs> disappointed. My brother Elijah buys into everything Kanye, uh. so uh, every time I see him, I have we have like a um, <laughs> almost a yelling match over <laughs> over whether or not Kanye is a. Bro- I think he's a great producer. I think he, he does a, a great job. He's a great producer, <laughs> but he's insane. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're like I'm recently we've been in the like we've experienced a lot of celebrity deaths in the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. Like last big ones. Year. Uh yeah, last year was like they did oh, that huge. I think they made a petition someone made a petition to save Betty White oh. <laughs> from <laughs> I saw that. Save Betty White from twenty sixteen. Yeah. yeah. And it, who died last year? Was Prince died? Prince David died. Bowie. David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robin Williams. No, no, not was that last that year? Was several that was years a ago. while ago. Okay. No, it was uh, the guy. F- fuck, what's his name? The guy with the voice from Harry Potter. Oh yeah, Alan Rickman. Oh. Alan, Alan Rickman, Rickman yeah, yeah. diehard guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was so sad. And uh, but yeah, there were just like a whole slew of them, mm-hmm. and I think in I think December 2015, Scott Whalen died mm-hmm. uh, from Stone Temple Pilots, and mm-hmm. that was like the first one for me that was pretty big. But also, I feel like he's one of those that very easily could have died at 27 mm-hmm. or 32. Yeah. Because he was somebody that was just constantly, like, always into Up drugs. Just yeah. very yeah. crazy, like, into whatever it was. I think he overdosed on some kind of cocaine concoction in his, like, tour bus. But anyway, uh, but that was, like, the first one that kind of kicked it off for me. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Leonard Cohen happened, which he was in his 80s, but still it was kind of rough, mm-hmm. you know, like... And I just, I, I've started, like, I've gotten to an age where I'm, like, I'm just now, like, realizing that, like, in, like, the lead singer of Linkin Park. We just said Tom oh, yeah. Petty. Tom oh, yeah, Petty. Petty. I was about to say that, yeah. Tom Petty. Like, I'm realizing that, like, I've had opportunities to see all of these people, and I'm, like, oh, it wasn't just that I was two years old when they died, and I, I was out of my control to go see them. Like, mm-hmm. now it's, like, like, fuck, I could have seen them, like, in Tulsa last year. Mm-hmm. And I just decided not to go, and now, now they're gone. You know, and yeah. this by the way, we can need, never happen. We need gr- we need to get a group together, do some Tulsa shows. They have we some do. great shows down there, man. Yeah, the Canes Ballroom. They still get they still get some of the. I mean, I just saw Father John Misty there. That yeah. was the first time I'd been to Canes. I and, love that venue. Uh, I just went to saw Explosions in the Sky a couple of days yeah. ago. Yeah, they're still around. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, when I, I that was the first time I'd been to see Father John Misty, and Chris told me to. That I had to crush beer crush cans. cans. He was like, "Kids don't do it these days. You need to do it." So, <laughs> so like, get that six pack. Yeah, I had my I had my beer can. I crushed it at the end of the show. Man, my Shout favorite to Canes. My favorite thing about Canes is the wood floors. Like when people are jumping, you just feel it bow. It just feels <laughs> yeah. like a trampoline. <laughs> yeah. And all the creepy country westerns pictures oh, with yeah. the red yeah, it's lights. It's so weird. Yeah. It's like a it's that like was a, bizarre. Yeah, I remember the first time I was like, well, am I in the Satanic Church of Country Music? <laughs> <laughs> satanic Church of Country Music. <laughs> There's the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, which is like the the Mecca, and then Canes is like the Satanic yeah. Church. Of, but yeah, <laughs> like while all those were 
tragic and we hated we like we loved all those people it, again it's like why the 27 club is so talked about because it was that yeah cult of eternal youth yeah you're never going to see an old picture of Jimi hendrix like you did of Bowie. and it's right. so it's so crazy how famous people get after death i mean just think about for example michael jackson was huge before he died but yeah. even afterwards he had yeah. broken record sales oh yeah that is one of the that is one of the things that made me the most mad doing the research was like uh Hen- especially with hendrix morrison and janis joplin they mm-hmm. they're worth so much more than they were alive mm-hmm. oh yeah and most of them were estranged from their families and mm-hmm. now their families are rich like, yeah, uh, Jimi Hendrix, I think, died with like three hundred grand in the bank, and now mm-hmm. his estate is worth, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And they're releasing music that he didn't mm-hmm. want to put out. Like, he recorded mm-hmm. all the time, but he only wanted to put out the best. Mm-hmm. And now they're just putting out every damn thing mm-hmm. laid down so they can make money. I mean, what does that say about the populace, though? That's that's so sad. I well, think. Well, yeah. I mean, we want to hear more. Like we. Yeah. Want, I mean, I I buy There's, the records. Like I want to hear more absolutely. Jimi Hendrix. But, but it's, it it's also sucks. like, yeah, if you have that relationship with that artist, you're going to want yeah. whatever they had, mm-hmm. you know, unfinished work. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be the same with Prince. They're going to release mm-hmm. all the stuff he didn't want out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he recorded all the time, too, didn't he? Hendrix, if he was in the studio, it was on. And that's why mm-hmm. in four years he had so much material. He, I mean, even what? And two, he recorded every, almost all of his shows, too. Yeah. And I think Tupac, didn't he have like two or three oh, yeah. albums that came out after he had died? Well, I had two things about that. There's. Because of that, sort I think specifically because of the Tupac thing, I remember more than one TV show had like some sort of crime TV show. Maybe it was, uh, uh, C- wait, where are they? CSI, CSI. and uh, some other ones. They had mm. very similar plot lines where it introduces like a young rapper or something, and his record label is there's a plot to kill him because they know that his sales will go through the roof if he dies. Mm-hmm. So that was like a conspiracy. Yeah, about and honestly, that. that doesn't sound implausible. The Illuminati. <laughs> the Illuminati. The Illuminati. Did anyone? Does anyone remember seeing that really freakish performance? It was oh like, the hologram. Yes. It. I don't. God. Who was he? He of performing who? Tupac. Okay. At Coachella, they, right? Because they did the same thing that Michael Jackson was doing. It, the hologram that thing. That shit freaks me out. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember weird. when they did the Tupac thing, I was really young. And even back then, I remember thinking, this seems fucked up. Like, it, I don't, you were really, how long ago was that? The I Tupac thing was like 10 or more years ago, I feel it was like. that long? I feel like it happened was it? then. I, that was weird. That does feel like you pulled them out of the grave and like marionette puppet. Yeah, to... it's not right. It's just it's fucked up, man. I didn't. I did oh, not like it. From beyond the grave in a performance reminds me of. Oh, a, he died another, in ninety six. Another thirty two. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Lee. Biggie was ninety seven. Oh, yeah. I think who had the game of death. They made <laughs> they, after he was dead. Right. They didn't they splice together some yeah. other movies too. That... They, they they had filmed some scenes of him, of the fighting scenes. So those are in the movie, but. I love at the beginning. There's an awesome scene where they actually are like holding up a cutout of his face, and it's like floating over this other actor's <laughs> oh my body. God. <laughs> oh well, my Ed gosh. Wood did that in uh, yeah. was it Plan Nine from Our Space or whatever, where Bella Lugosi died uh, yeah. while they're so they just had Bella his Lugosi's Ed Wood had his dentist play uh, the role, and he just like held the yeah. cloak in front of his <laughs> face this, the whole it's, time. I mean, it's 1970. I don't know what 70 something, but it's so obvious it just every time i watch it i just burst out laughing the uh well just talking about stuff getting released posthumously or posthumously posthumously um 
my favorite author, who I have tattoos of, Franz Kafka, he died in pretty much complete obscurity. I think he had only published one thing in a magazine or something. And whenever he, on his deathbed, and he was really young too, he told his best friend Max something or other that he wanted all this stuff destroyed after he died. And he didn't. He published it, and now he is like, you know, college courses are taught yeah. on him, which is insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody so influential had so little opinion of his work, he didn't want anybody to see it. And it's crazy. There's, it's a, there's a lot of people like that, and it's it's kind of tragic in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, going along with this, people that we appreciate, they're, they're gone. Who would you guys have wanted to save from the 27 Club, 32 Club, or just anybody that died real young? Um, mm-hmm. I was just thinking Elliot Smith. He was, I think... He was close to the closer to the thirty two club, but you know he was also young and tragic. And there is a question about did he kill himself or did his girlfriend kill him? Because he got stabbed in the heart, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, which is a crazy way to take yourself out. But mm-hmm. is there anybody out of all those people who would be the one that you would want to still see making stuff today? Um, I have mine. Uh, I. I I really think Amy Winehouse for me mm. because she um like with, okay I think what I was getting at when I was talking about Cobain and like how Nevermind was just their apex like that was as big as they were going to get I mean I can't imagine it getting any bigger than that that was enormous I, I mean hindsight's 2020 20, but I don't think they would have done much more together I feel like they would have probably disbanded yeah I it's mean, hard him to and guess. Chris Novoselic were longtime friends, but Dave Grohl had just kind of joined when they, right before Nevermind. And, and Dave Grohl also know. had a lot of his own collection yeah. of songs he wanted to do. Like, Foo Fighters yeah, didn't come out. his first album was all written already. And it came Cobain. out, like, really? just in, yeah. like, the year after Cobain died. But Amy Winehouse, for me, like, like a lot of these people, they had kind of reached their top, you know, as high as they were going to go, as big as they were going to get. And that also is kind of also that, like, the time they were in, like, because musicians and like artists could be a lot bigger than they were now I feel like like now like we like Torrance and I have tried to find like who is the voice of our generation yeah who is the mm-hmm. band of our generation and I feel like there's not one really cuz like music is like we've got streaming there are so many people that are like trying to make it onto the scene and there are so there's so much to choose from it's saturated and it's, it's super saturated I chance the rapper is probably not a bad. I mean, he's maybe a little. Is he your generation? He's maybe a little younger. He's not our generation. Like 20, Twenty-two. He's uh, yeah. He's younger than us. I mean, he speaks <laughs> to the generation. Right. But yeah. I mean, I do. I do enjoy his music. But like Amy Winehouse, I feel like she could have kept going. I really feel like she could have even topped Back to Black, and which is an incredible album. But I feel like she really could have kept going and making some amazing shit. And, yeah, I feel like uh, the other people were just kind of, like, I, fe- I and I don't, I didn't know them personally, but I feel like a lot of it was partly due to the fact, like, especially with Cobain, that he was like, well, I've already done everything I'm going to do. Like, this is as big as I was going to be, and everyone's going to stop caring, you know? But I feel like nowadays it's a lot harder to reach that enormous level of fame, you know? Yeah, because everything is so fleeting now with the technology and the streaming and everything like that. Like, you know, it's not like it used to be. I think you're right. What you were saying before about how uh, her style of music was kind of 
opening up what people are now starting to do or or it's become I think her stuff was a smidge ahead of its time where mm-hmm. and by a smidge I mean just a couple of years. Yeah. I think that she, you know, opened the way for a lot of that and so her I think if she were still alive, she'd be right smack in the middle of something that basically she created and could be dominating that yeah. uh, that music style. Mm-hmm. You are. Ben, Chris? Well, I think for I think for me, mine was uh, Jimi Hendrix because he was so I I played guitar a lot growing up, and I always appreciated like playing with different effects and stuff. And he was a huge proprietor; like he gave us the wah pedal. That's one of the things that Jimi Hendrix was, you know, he he mm. used, and that's what he kind of pioneered. And he did a lot of different uh, different things with with the guitar and with different electric effects. I mean, what was Jimi Hendrix is known for? I mean, we can all picture the flying V guitar. And oh, I just yeah. say that, and everybody knows exactly what that looks yeah. like. And so I think that to see him, if he would have gone grown older and you know learned more, I think that we would have even gotten more than just that. We would have had a lot more effects. We would have had a lot more um, probably things that we have today that would have, we would have had sooner and you would have seen more grow out of he that. He was an innovator. Yeah, yeah, definitely an innovator. I think of anybody on the list, he contributed most to the mm-hmm. music we have now. He's so Absolutely. influential. I Absolutely. Mean, like much. on was, the musical side and the technical side, like yeah. I would say both. Yeah, I mean, he, I get, you could kind of argue that he like invented the guitar god or oh absolutely yeah yeah he, and he was a virtuoso i mean he played behind his back with his mouth mm-hmm. he, the the setting is guitar on fire like just the like mm-hmm. stuff that yeah. became like huge in the 70s and 80s i mm-hmm. mean he did all that first yeah. they were just mm-hmm. they were basically mimicking what he had done he exactly. made playing the guitar look fucking cool yeah oh absolutely yeah, yeah. i feel like he the was way the, he dressed i, I feel mean like yeah. he was the first person to do that yeah. right i mean you wouldn't have people today who are pioneers and get like in the guitar because if Jimi hendrix wasn't around you wouldn't have those people no you had like glam rock and yeah. even metal like the way he dressed, the androgynous, like, he was a pioneer of that. Mm-hmm. Scarves. Lots yeah. of scarves. <laughs> flat, scarves. Yeah, like, nobody was doing that. Yeah. Look at any, like, videos from that time. He was so flamboyant and so different than yeah. anybody uh-huh. else. Well, it, it kind of weirdly struck me talking about this. I was listening to, or maybe watching a video of some, like, I wish I could even think of the name of the song. It was somebody playing on Ed Sullivan or something, some band, and... uh there was a guitar solo in it, um, and it was it was a good guitar solo. It was inter- I mean, for that type of music, it was sort of a kind of just poppy sound. And looking at the guitarist soloing, it's not like he was out there forefront, like "Look at my guitar solo." He's just back there with the band, just mm-hmm. quietly doing his solo. It's like that's mm-hmm. weird. It, I think it took like people like Jimi Hendrix and other artists like that to make a show of their you know kick ass yeah. sound. Well, yeah. Well, Clapton was kind of coming along at the sure. same time with yeah. Cream. So they, him and mm-hmm. Clapton and Hendrix, mm-hmm. kind of did that that like three ba- three man power group: bass, mm-hmm. drums, guitar. Yeah. The guitars mm-hmm. out front. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. which Clapton that. definitely had his own unique style. Yeah. I think that, definitely. but he was more. Hendrix was different. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely. Clapton's amazing, but. He's no. He was no Jimmy, and he was yeah. influenced by Jimmy. I mean, also yeah. at the time, an, an yeah. asshole. And, but <laughs> too, like, I, I, w- I imagine now, like Jimi Hendrix, like a gray-haired guy, like doing like acoustic sh- blues shows, and like I think he would be doing that. He would be like, 
He would have been like the Bob Dylan, like yeah. The seventies would have been so different with him. In it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's hard to imagine what they would look be like, how yeah. they would evolve. Yeah, because it, it yeah. almost hurts to try to think about it. Yeah, when you think about, we had that whole discussion about Bob Dylan out there. He was, you know, he could have probably easily been in the Twenty Seven Club, and he didn't. And so and he was a good Jewish boy, <laughs> <laughs> Robert Zimmerman. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he he definitely, I think, peaked. You know in that time frame well i mean he he was good for a while but then just if you try to listen to any of his stuff as he got older it's just shit some of them just need to quit so <laughs> just give up let's just don't ruin your uh, dylan had good great albums in the 70s though i mean i don't like them you don't like blood on the tracks or desire or they're just different, I yeah. guess, is the thing. And maybe I just liked liked him specifically for You're what he purist. was doing. You like no. the folk, Dylan? I like the folk, Dylan. I mean, I, there's, you know, positively Fourth Street and stuff where he starts to incorporate like the organs and the a, a fuller band. It's not just him with his harmonica yeah. and guitar sure. are still good, but and I do like those. But well, there's no Jim Morrison or. or Hendrix, I mean, without, I mean, Dylan was hugely influential right. on them. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Who would you pick, Chris? I'm, I, uh, Ben stole mine. Oh, I, really? <laughs> I love Jimi Hendrix. I mean, yeah. I could imagine what he would have done. When he was so creative. It's like, I don't know. I yeah. don't, I think we pretty much said it all, but I would just love to see him now doing like, I don't yeah. know what he would, be. how old would he be? How old would these people be? How, I don't Those know, three, anyway. If he was 27 in 70. 70, so. Then how long ago was so that? 70. 40 years? That'd be... 48 years? 47 years to... Wait. Yeah, 47 yeah, so years was, to right now. He was born in 1942. So he would have been 47, 70, right? 47 plus 27. <laughs> I don't think... He was 74. What I don't think Hendrix... Like, he had... He too had like moved past the like Jimi Hendrix experience, and he was starting to do other things. Like mm-hmm. he was going to be changing his style. Mm-hmm. Const- I think. I mean, I I just feel like he would have been huge in the like Black Power yeah. movement, and like he would have oh, yeah. done like psychedelic soul. And mm-hmm. now he would be like an old man. Like I don't think he would be like the Rolling Stones. I think he would be like a guy doing like a blues show in Kansas yeah. City or something, and yeah. touring around like just playing ridiculous guitar and telling stories like he would do you think he would have been i mean we've already said this but like i don't know it's that thing of like when they die young like do you think his music would have as much of an impact now if he hadn't died if he hadn't died i do because i think it was pretty influential in his lifetime even Mm -hmm. with other people i mean it was huge i mean it it inspired other other people you know yeah yeah i know that but i mean like i don't know just like would he be like so like i don't know i guess it's just that kind of like magical like young age right. like they're they're dead right. and this I th- is they're I think forever the fame like this. with the fans maybe bigger larger than life mm-hmm. but i think i mean it's like the thing of like the velvet underground i mean they didn't have any fans but they all formed a band like right he mm-hmm. he he furthered rock and roll so much that mm-hmm. that even expounds on the fact that he died young, I mean, it just makes it that much yeah. bigger. Yeah, yeah. I, don't th- I mean, I think Jim Morrison definitely was probably gonna just be like some 
<laughs> destitute poet or something. <laughs> <laughs> he was finished. Like yeah. he was very spoken word in his yeah. style. Yeah. And he, he was even though he had a, a very writer. Yeah. he had a very nice velvety voice. He probably would have wrote some books, but some of poetry, and like lived in obscurity mm-hmm. somewhere. Like he was done. Janis Joplin, maybe I don't know. To me, like I I love Amy Winehouse's music, but I think her and Janis were like more singers. So I don't know. They probably mm-hmm. would have had a career on, but I don't know. They weren't. I just don't see them as like s- super influential. I think they just died when they were at their at a really high that peak, you yeah. know, back in black sold ton- millions of copies and Yeah. Janis Joplin wasn't huge, but her death made mm-hmm. her album uh yeah. was it Pearl? Mm-hmm. That's a sad story too because Pearl was recorded with a like a studio band mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and they got paid like uh whatever it was basically like union wage to record the band and they didn't get yeah. any credit or anything and then yeah the album sold yeah and they didn't get anything they got their they got their hourly wage yeah. to wow. make it and then they were they're done and, and, they, I, and they still have to trot them out like it's the 30th anniversary of pearl and they're like yeah we didn't make shit like <laughs> it <Yeah>. was fun <laughs> <laughs> and i think people like Jimi hendrix like they inspire a lot of things even if he Later in life, if he was to live past twenty-seven and he didn't uh, he accomplish quite as much, <laughs> sure. I mean, even if even if he didn't, he had no hope. Yeah, even if he didn't like <laughs> uh, personally accomplish a lot, he would have still inspired musicians to who would pick up stuff that he had, you know, like innovated yeah. and then ran with it. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, also part of the landmark Woodstock. Uh, concert sixty nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We always think nice. of the Jimi Hendrix Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. So the, I mean, on the other hand, you can say, like Torrance was saying, most of those people's influence was at the beginning. I mean, even Clapton. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what was he in the seventies and eighties? Just not the same as Dylan. Like I mean, he's right. still doing music for. But we wouldn't have right. John Mayer without Clapton. You know. Uh. <laughs> But I mean, <laughs> mention John Mayer and Maroon Five one more fucking time, Ben. It's rare You're for welcome. somebody to have that like lifetime of continued. Yeah, there's there's very yeah. few people. I would put like a Lou Reed or somebody like yeah that, that continued to do interesting things. David Bowie mm-hmm. definitely like, his last album yeah, was reinvented themselves over and over yeah. and kept influencing people. Johnny Cash really even rare. really did some interesting stuff right before. Yeah, his he last started doing stuff. like yeah, contemporary covers of things. Like that mm-hmm. was really interesting. He covered Soundgarden. He covered Nine Inch Nails. Like. Yeah. Like that was what a what a the guy Rusty that Cage that was with Rusty Tom Petty Cage and the Heartbreakers. Awesome. Oh, was mm-hmm. it? Yeah, he, That's they were awesome. the band on that album. Yeah, but like somebody that he just kept like he totally kept up with the times. He didn't like he never, you know, became like this crotchety old guy that yeah. was like back in my day. That's real. You know, like, I mean, Dylan yeah. is like a back in my day guy. Oh yeah, yeah. he's like. like He's, he's just very revered. Kept up with the times mm-hmm. and like and and adapted accordingly, but not because like I didn't. I never felt like it was forced with him. He just right. he was like, I like yeah. this. I appreciate that you're doing this, mm-hmm. and yeah. and let's let me make this my own. I would go so far as he's the reverse of a lot of these people that have had lifelong careers. For me, I act, I appreciate his stuff, his his older stuff. Or I mean, as he was older, more than I can appreciate his classic stuff. Johnny Cash? Yeah. yeah. No, which, I feel the same way. Which, I mean, not to say I don't appreciate his classic stuff, but he was also like, my grandpa always called him One Note Johnny. Because, <laughs> uh, he, he had like the 50s, and then there was kind of like, he came back in the 90s. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like... And a I, lot you of know, his music in the middle was kind of... It's just yeah. middling. Yeah. And it uh, was just very like, 
you know, typical in my opinion. I mean, he has a Johnny, he has a Johnny Cash sound. Yeah. Very Johnny Cash, very specific. But it was all just very typical like yeah. country music and my wife this and my dog that and <laughs> You know, well, let's not. My dog shot today. <laughs> no, but I mean, I I enjoy it. Yeah. But a lot of it was very generic. But like when he came back, like and did his own thing, like did kind of a different thing in his older years. Yeah, I think he was a little more uh, nuanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, anything we can say about these guys is just speculation because, mm, like, right. yeah. it's so rare that that like yeah. we were talking about <laughs> again, we were, when we were outside. We were talking about Dylan that he won. He won, he won some sort of Grammy, and it was like a a lifetime achievement award. But David yeah. Bowie let let puts out an album that's amazing, that's yeah. different from anything he's ever done. Right before he dies, and that's mm-hmm. why I mean why yeah. he was so legendary. I don't know David, that any of these people would have done that. I right. think my opinion is that Jimi Hendrix had the most potential to be that. Person. Yeah, I think he yeah. would have kept innovating but for sure. That's just so rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why my choice is going to be, and he doesn't fit in the 27 globe because he died at 30, was Jeff Buckley. Uh, not like his one album, Grace, is great. I like it. It's not everyone's favorite thing. My thing with him is he seemed to have so much uh, energy and passion on that album that I really would have wanted to see what else would have happened with his stuff. But yeah. I also don't know, because I was released in... 94 how did he die he uh, I forgot he drowned um he but drowned in a river I think. And, yeah That's and right. it wasn't that he was drunk or anything i think he was just swept like he got caught in an undercurrent or something it was real sad uh it caught everybody off guard right. um he didn't have any real like problems hmm. that anybody knew about yeah it was just total accident from what i know yeah he died in 97 and his uh album was 94 so i don't know how much he would have produced anyway, like, because that's three years without another album. Maybe he was just like a one and done person and he mm-hmm. wouldn't have done more. But I would like to think that I would have liked to see what else he would have created. I think he would have been a, an interesting voice to still What's, have around. Yeah. I honestly can't think what is an original that he did. I uh, can't think of it. I just know his Hallelujah cover. Yeah, that's There's all I know. Mojo Pin and. Okay. Uh, yeah, everyone knows the Hallelujah cover, right. um, but it, his album is very. He's a he's kind of a guitar god to me. He he has a real interesting uh, uh, sound with his guitar and the way he noodles with it. Uh-huh. But uh, have you listened to any of his dad's Tim Buckley? Mm-mm. He's got some interesting records in the seventies. I didn't even know that was yeah. was unaware of Tim Buckley. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, I mean, he had like that legacy where he pro- he could have went on and I yeah, hmm. I would have liked to see that. I also would have liked to see Janis Joplin. That was my backup pick, but yeah, mm-hmm. I remember this. I know we're getting close to time here. Let's. I could just talk about this all night. I know <laughs> it's so easy to talk about, right? But I remember uh, probably fifteen years. I want to say like it was that long ago, probably or close to it. Um, like I, I would have been super young. I, I probably wasn't 15. Maybe it was, well, fuck. How old am I? 25? <laughs> Could have been 15 years ago. You got two years left. Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Famous hey, latte it. artist. Make him Reese. Make him count. I would. Sydney Delano Reese. Delano. <laughs> that was my, that was my Facebook name for a while. 
But I think it was. It may have been 15 years ago then. Um, because I was thinking I was five 15 years ago, but that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Math is hard. Let's but, see the birth certificate. <laughs> I want to see the birth certificate. I was born in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but I remember uh, there was some awards show, and of course, like uh, they had some bands and people playing, and there were some like surprise performances. And uh, at the time, Natasha Bedingfield, I think oh, yeah. is who it pocket was. Pocket full of sunshine. Oh, fuck that. But, I got a bucket, got a bucket full of sunshine. Uh, disregarding. Is that who that was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> disregarding that, um, she was big at the time, whenever this was. Mm-hmm. And um, also, Melissa Etheridge had just uh, beat cancer and was in remission. And, hmm. and she hadn't, I don't think at that time she had performed at all for like a couple of years at least. And. Um, uh, those two came out on stage together and did a uh, piece of my heart, uh, which at that time I may have never even heard that song or didn't, I may have not even known who Janis Joplin was. Um, but that was like, that performance was kind of like a big, uh, like it was a huge thing for me in my like learning about music because it made me look up Janis Joplin and it made me look up all that, like Jimi Hendrix and all those other people. And because, like, in this performance, it's so powerful. I still watch it today. Um, you guys might not feel the same way, but for me, it was a big deal. Um, Melissa Etheridge came out completely bald. Yeah, yeah. And just, she had her guitar slung around her shoulder, and she just, like, she and this other chick I don't care about, but they were, <laughs> like, I mean, because Melissa Etheridge can, she's a badass. She can yeah, belt that awesome. shit out, man. And, but... Come she, to my window. I'll be <laughs> home soon. <laughs> but I she, just realized who we're talking about. She got, yeah. yeah, she got to the part where she's you, just Taurus. like, <laughs> take another little piece of my heart. And then it just like the music kind of stops and there's this breakdown and she just screams, like lets out this primal scream. And that for like, you know, 10, 11 year old Sydney was like, oh my God. That is kick ass. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. women are like can be just as badass and rock as men can. You know, like that was probably one of the reasons I wanted to learn how to play guitar. Yeah. Like that was a huge like that performance was huge for me. I I, yeah, I think one of Janice's lasting legacies is that like I'm obviously I don't know. You can speak more to this. But as a woman, like not being like that typical, like at the time, if you go back and look at women that were in music there weren't very many and if they were it was like grace slick who was like sexy and wearing like mm-hmm. and janice wasn't like very manufactured what you would say in, in like a hollywood beautiful woman she was just who she was she like mm-hmm. she just was her like yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. she drank jack daniels and she smoked cigarettes and she just mm-hmm. got up on stage and she didn't care about her fucking makeup or whatever she just she i think i feel like probably she was very empowering to a lot of women in the 60s oh, absolutely um she just to be yourself. I think even now she is. Yeah. Uh, like, for me, she is. Because, yeah, it's like that thing of she wasn't trying to... She wasn't trying to look any sort of way. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you do, and that's your stage persona, that's fine. Like, I'm not knocking women who oh, dress yeah. up. Mm-hmm. But she, was, she wasn't into that. That wasn't... She didn't feel any pressure to be that way. And so she was just who she was. And her music was the focus. And her raw energy was the focus. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She was, it was, yeah, it was raw. Exactly. Yeah, it was there very... There was a grittiness to that. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
And uh, yeah, Chris, thanks for joining us yeah. tonight, man. Yeah, it was a long time there, coming. If yeah, not, if you're not 27, be careful. Yeah, be careful, <laughs> man. <laughs> it's a scary time. Absolutely. But is, Chris, just one more time. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we uh, head out for this day? I mean, just come to Poor Johnson. Let Sydney make you a latte because yeah. she's fucking badass. Aww. Yeah. Um, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Pseudophiles. Um, as always, rate and review us on iTunes. You can find us on Instagram at, at Pseudophiles. You can also find us on Facebook at Pseudophiles Pod and Twitter at Pseudophiles Pod. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.